You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's show, it's our regular visit with fantasy guru Andy Rio. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for diving into Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Time to bring in our fantasy expert, Andy Rio, and his two decades of experience writing for fantasy publications and websites. He's also, of course, writing regularly now for us, a weekly uh, story for us on the website, LockedOnTexans.com. So hope you go check that out. Uh, And I guess uh, let's start off with uh, the Texans opener just a week and a half away. Andy, do you have any final observations on the roster for those looking at their fantasy draft board? Well, I think the biggest headline with the Texans, of course, is that uh, Deontay Foreman, uh, it seems like now it's pretty much a sure bet he's going to be starting the season on the reserve, physically unable to perform list, or PUP, as it's most commonly referred to. Uh, That is going to cost him the first six games of the season, which means at this point he is nothing more than a bench stash, and in smaller leagues, you probably wouldn't have the roster space to hang on to him that long. In larger leagues... He is certainly worth a flyer late in the draft. Uh, His average draft position right now at the Fantasy Football Calculator website is in the 13th round. So certainly uh, he could be a value later on down the line. Uh, The big story with his absence uh, for the immediate future is that Lamar Miller is completely locked into a main role in the Texans' backfield. Uh, His ADP has gone up a little bit. I've seen it actually at Fantasy Football Calculator where it's now at the end of the third round. I think there's some leagues he's still going to be available in the fourth round. So certainly he is an option if you want to go wide receiver heavy early in your draft or if you're just continuing to add up on running backs and flex options. uh, Even if you go running back earlier, he can certainly uh, pitch in. I think we've talked about Miller before. I don't think he's going to be a fantasy superstar by any means, but as long as he's got the main role and the volume, he should be pretty steady. As far as the rest of the Texans go, uh, as I mentioned in my article, there was some panic when Will Fuller didn't play in the third preseason game against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, He's expected to be available opening day, so he remains a uh, risk-reward prospect who can give you some big weeks here and there. Uh, The tight end situation, there really isn't uh, any clarity there. So I I wouldn't pick any of the Texans tight ends. And I would stay away from uh, the the other wide receivers not named DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller at this point because there's not a ton of clarity there either. Maybe at some point a Bruce Ellington turns into a waiver wire ad. But at this stage of the game, I think, uh, you know, no one there is really locked into enough targets to be fantasy viable. How about the defending champion Eagles? Now they're still up in the air with Carson Wentz and we still don't know, you know, when he makes his return from his season ending injury from last year, how do fantasy owners Andy handle that situation? Well, right now I think we'll know in the near future, whether Wentz will be available opening day. Um, His, uh, average draft position at fantasy football calculator is pretty high for someone who we don't know what his if he's going to be available opening day he's also coming off an injury that took place later in the season last year which lowers the recovery time he's got an ADP right now in the seventh round and certainly we all saw how great Wentz was last year 
but this is a deep position. Quarterback is deep in fantasy football, and it could take Wentz a while to round back and round and back into form. They don't have to rush him because of Nick Foles, even though Foles has struggled in the preseason. That Super Bowl run obviously created enough goodwill that uh, certainly they can plug him into the lineup if needed. Um, you could take Wentz in the seventh round, but there are safer choices such as Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford and Phillip Rivers that would all be available with later average draft positions. Uh, I guess if you take Wentz, you should probably prioritize the backup position a little bit more and try to lock in on one of those safer choices or perhaps somebody like Ben Roethlisberger or Matt Ryan that you know is going to be at least reasonably dependable. Uh, you could also take Foles, essentially, to back up Wentz, but I would rather have one of the other guys just kind of based on Foles being a bit inconsistent. Uh, also, as I mentioned in my article, uh, you know, the Eagles are playing host to Atlanta in the opener, and the Falcons were the one team in the playoffs that gave Philadelphia's offense some trouble. Uh, they held Philadelphia to just 15 points. Uh, it wasn't enough, obviously, to win, but uh, you really can't blame the Falcons' defense for that one. Got some AFC South stuff for you in a few minutes. But first, uh, I was watching this Christian McCaffrey feature on E60, and the story made me wonder if he was ready for a breakout season. Am I, am I just getting caught up in the hype of, of the story, Andy, or uh, are you seeing that too? Well, right now I'm seeing it as well. Um, he was useful in fantasy last year. He didn't take the world by storm like uh, Kareem Hunt or Alvin Kamara or Leonard Fournette. Uh, but he had 80 receptions, so he was an excellent player in points per reception leagues. He also had over 1,000 total yards and seven touchdowns as a rookie. And right now, in the preseason, the Panthers have used him as a centerpiece. Uh, a lot of people thought uh, maybe he wasn't going to be a full centerpiece after they signed former Denver Broncos C.J. Anderson. But in the second game of the preseason against Miami, he had a 71-yard touchdown run. Uh, totaled uh, 64 yards against the Patriots in uh, the third preseason game, and Anderson was in a very minor role. Uh, his ADP, maybe partly as a result of the story you've seen, but also just the overall preseason observation, has crept uh, up into the second round, in fact, uh, the higher portion of the second round. As I mentioned in my article, you can make a case that his role in the passing game is going to drop off some they do have greg olson back at tight end and rookie uh, wide receiver dj moore looks promising but if he's getting increased carries especially near the goal line that's going to make up for getting fewer receptions y y of course he's going to have to contend cam newton is an excellent rushing quarterback but i think overall mccaffrey has a very low bust factor as a minimum you absolutely don't want your early draft picks to be bad and, and even if maybe some, he doesn't live up some to the hype, I think he's going to be solid, and you can count on him every week as a quality starter for your team. Yeah, November 18th, the Christian gets thrown to the Lions, and I just wanted to make that joke before everybody else did in a few weeks. But uh, Texas division rival took a big hit on their roster with a key injury. we got to find out what it means in a bit. But before we get there, if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your Texans friends, uh, the, all the friends that are fans of the team, because – uh, it's a great way to get people to uh, listen to us and we can bring more of this great content. Let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, just most anywhere you're going to find your favorite podcast. Do us a favor, share the links to our show with your social media followers. Uh, another way to get people 
into the tent here, and we also want you to be a part of the conversation. So email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. So, Andy, the Jags lost wide receiver Marquise Lee for the season with a knee injury. That's kind of important, not only from a Texans perspective, but a fantasy perspective, even a Blake Bortles perspective. What do you take away from all that? Well, you know, Bortles is uh, a maligned quarterback. I think we all know that. Uh, He does post decent fantasy numbers at times. Uh, Jacksonville had one of the most confusing situations at receiver just because of how much quantity there is. I mean, there were five guys that are generally considered viable. There was Lee, Dante Moncrief, who used to play for the Colts, DJ Chark, who's a rookie out of LSU, and two players who impressed his rookies last year, Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook. Lee was generally considered the safest bet of the group, if not necessarily having the much the most upside of anybody on the team. So with him gone, I tend to think Cole, who Texans fans may remember had seven receptions and 186 yards against them late last year, and Westbrook are the guys with the most upside. Chark is a bit raw, uh, has some potential, but he's still developing. Moncrief, outside of his touchdown prowess with the Colts, was not all that great. So if I'm going to utilize a later draft pick on a Jacksonville receiver, I would probably start with Cole, then with Westbrook. Um, I, you know, Hard to say any of these guys are going to emerge as fantasy stars. I mean, it's a run-first offense. Bortles, of course, has his issues. And they also brought in Austin Safarian Jenkins at tight end, and he's going to catch some touchdown passes. So it's still not a great situation, but uh, and, and certainly hate to see Lee lost for the season, but it does uh, provide more clarity, and now you can kind of zone in more on Cole and Westbrook as later round targets. Yeah, all the best to Marquise Lee, but Texans fans not shedding a tear about that. We'll stay in the AFC South, a quarterback uh, who I'm still not sure what to make of, Andy. And you were not impressed with Marcus Mariota's third preseason game, were you? No, not at all. It brought back some bad memories of his incredibly disappointing season last year. What do you make of uh, Marcus Mariota? I mean, do you do you do anything uh, as far as fantasy with him? I mean, are you sure enough about that? Because, uh, you know, he's somebody that I just I can't seem to get a beat on. I mean, I, it feels like we're several years into the Mariota experience, but I'm not sure what he is yet. Well, he's probably going to be better than he was last year, almost by osmosis, really. He has uh, promising young receivers in Taiwan Taylor and Corey Davis. Uh, There are also uh, quality veterans on hand. Uh, Richard Matthews just came off the active pup list following knee surgery, but uh, he's a very dependable target. And, of course, uh, dependable is Delaney Walker's middle name, essentially. Uh, I just think that uh, with a new offensive scheme in, it may take a little while before they really get going. I I think he's definitely going to be better than he was last year. He only threw 13 touchdowns last year. You've got to improve on that, I would have to say, at a minimum. But but certainly, uh, he's a risk-reward prospect, despite the fact there's been a lot of positive buzz about the new coaching staff there. If you want to gamble on him, go ahead, but you could certainly draft a safer backup like Matt Ryan or Alex Smith and potentially have less headaches. Of course, you're also going to have less upside, too. The ADP has him in the 11th round, is that right? Yes, that is correct, a fantasy football calculator. So it's not like you're going to have to invest heavy draft capital in him. That is a plus. 
on a move to a quarterback that J.J. Watt and the Texans just love, and maybe Bengals fans don't love him so much, Katie's own Andy Dalton. Do the Bengals and Dalton bounce back a little bit this season, Andy? I don't know about the Bengals necessarily bouncing back a lot as a team. I mean, they'll probably, I think, kind of hover in the same you know, seven to nine win range they've been in. But I think Dalton certainly could be a little bit more interesting in fantasy football this year than people are giving him credit for. Uh, He's still got A.J. Green to throw to, but uh, John Ross, a second-year receiver out of Washington, uh, hopefully will be more involved this year, and he can certainly uh, strike quickly. The duo had a 57-yard touchdown uh, play against Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, the Bengals took steps to improve their offensive line, and uh, at the moment, this is a guy who always seems to get injured at some point, but uh, tight end Tyler Eifert is healthy. As you may recall, in 2015, he scored 13 touchdowns on 52 receptions. Uh, he is definitely one of the best red zone threats. Can't imagine that would be duplicated. That is a unrealistic, uh, blistering hot touchdown pace. But uh, I certainly think that uh, Eifert uh, will be a red zone weapon. Definitely will uh, help Dalton flourish again. Um, he's not going to go into the season as somebody you're going to draft as your fantasy starter. Uh, some leagues he might not even be drafted or would be viewed as you know a, a lower end backup quarterback. But uh, his job security, nothing, no questions about that. Uh, and the better team being around him means that he could be a great value in leagues where you are required to play two quarterbacks. And he might uh, be an option uh, as a uh, pinch hit starter in other formats a little bit more than expected. Does Andy Dalton, is it just my imagination, does he sort of make you think of uh, Matt Schaub Texans a little bit back when, you know, Schaub was doing pretty well with the Texans, not that last year? Well, certainly he doesn't throw as many pick sixes as Schaub does. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Dalton has always been uh, a credible starting quarterback, uh, but not a great one. Um, Schaub, I guess if you take a look at the 2009 season uh he you could classify that potentially as an elite but i'd say in many ways overall i mean even though dalton hasn't reached the height shop did he's he's been much steadier right and i it's just it's one of those things where you just go neither quarterback is going to take you anywhere you almost need everything else to be just about perfect and it's a lot to ask in the nfl uh, i want to ask you Next, about handcuffs, and usually that means we're talking about the Bengals off the field, but uh, that's not <laughs> where we're going with this. First, I just want to have a quick reminder. Um, it's crunch time in fantasy football, as we're talking about, and, and we're delivering as in the Locked On Network, not only with Andy, but we got a brand-new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Uh, fantasy Football 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage, plus Ethan Turner, the host, uh, the injury expert himself gives you the edge. Lockdown Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league. All right, Andy. I know there's some people wondering why we just teased handcuffs. What, what do we mean by that? Well, for, for those new to fantasy football, uh, rest assured, handcuffs uh, do not mean that you are about to be arrested. Handcuffing in fantasy football Uh, means that uh, after you take a starting running back uh, for a certain team, if they have a decent backup, you then take the backup later in the draft. So that way, if your starter should happen to suffer 
a season-ending injury or even just a you know out for a week type injury, you can put the backup in there and, and still have a quality starter. And uh, as I mentioned uh, in the article, uh, we know that uh, two of top uh, running backs in fantasy football are Todd Gurley and David Johnson. And uh, we now have a little bit better idea on who their handcuffs are going to be. The Texans, of course, played the Rams last Saturday, and John Kelly rushed for 64 yards and two touchdowns as Gurley was out of action. Uh, at the moment, uh, he's not number two on the depth chart. Former Texas Longhorn Malcolm Brown is. But uh, I would definitely say uh, that uh, Kelly is more worthy of a fantasy roster spot at this point in time. And with Arizona and David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, who was their fourth-round pick out of Fordham, he rushed for 55 yards and caught a couple of passes uh, against Dallas. So Edmonds is locked in, I think, as Johnson's backup. So another guy to take uh, later in drafts. Some of the other players I mentioned that are good handcuff options uh, would be uh, Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers, Spencer Ware of Kansas City, who actually had uh, – some good fantasy numbers before Kareem Hunt came along. Uh, James Conner of Pittsburgh, Rod Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a lot of teams are using backfield committees, so it's not necessarily as easy to seek out uh, handcuffs as it has been in the past. There's also situations like uh, Atlanta, where even though Devontae Freeman gets the bulk of the work, Tevin Coleman uh, gets enough work to where he can be started in fantasy leagues as a flex pretty regularly. Uh, and there's also times where you don't want to take a handcuff. Uh, some of these would be undefined backup situations, like in Jacksonville. There's not really a clear-cut handcuff to Leonard Fournette. Corey Grant and T.J. Yeldon would both see time. And last year, when they had Chris Ivory, you know, he was also part of that mix. Um, I think a lot of people rightfully are excited about Saquon Barkley, but I think the Giants had higher hopes for veteran backup Jonathan Stewart after they signed him from Carolina, and he's he's been awful during the preseason. He may lose his job to Wayne Gallman at some point. So right now, I really couldn't justify taking Stewart given how bad he's looked, and you know, really couldn't justify Gallman because we don't know at this point if he's got the number two job. So. Uh, it, it's just kind of the bottom line. Understand the team situation, and if there is a clear-cut handoff, excuse me, handcuff that you can get, uh, you know, get them on your roster. This is, I guess, the the typical time when when everybody's doing their fantasy drafts. Andy, do, do you have a particular time that you think that people should do their fantasy draft? A, an ideal time? Is it this weekend, right before the the first week of the season, the first weekend of the season? I think it is best to, to do drafts after the third week of the preseason. It can either be the weeknight of the week going before Labor Day or Labor Day weekend. I know it's harder for some people to do drafts over Labor Day because people like to go out of town and all that sort of stuff. And we did see some diminished importance of the third preseason game. There were more regulars held out than usual, and that could easily become a trend. But in most cases – the third preseason game is still the most important one, and I think that's the best time really to do it because, you know, a lot of the regulars don't play in the fourth preseason game, so the odds of your draft picks getting hurt are pretty low. And by the third preseason game, most everything is is more settled than it is earlier in the preseason. And in, in the leagues that you're in, what's the biggest mistake that you see a lot with guys that are drafting or girls that are drafting in, in those leagues? I mean it. 
I know a lot of people get caught up in, in drafting their own team, and I guess that's just going to happen because people like to, you know, they want to root for their own guys or guys in their own uniform. But uh, is there anything else that you see all the time? I mean, I, I'm assuming nobody in your league's listening to this, so we won't tell them if they're making a major mistake. But what do you see? Well, I, I think you, you brought up a good point. I mean, sometimes uh, fans that – you know, fantasy owners that are fans of certain teams are uh, prone to take some of their favorite players, and uh, that can that can backfire at times. You, you could either over overdraft somebody or play them too much. Uh, the other thing is is just drafting players because you know who they are, uh, for example, and that. You need to know the sleepers. I mean, there reaches with certain guys, there reaches a certain point during their careers where you kind of know what they are. And if you're talking about, you know, a 30 year old receiver who's, you know, basically been good for 55, 60 catches a year and they've got a starting job, but there's really no upside there. It's just not worth it to pick them. Take somebody that's got a little bit more potential. Go to LockedOnTexans.com if you aren't there right now and go check out Andy's piece. Always good to talk to you, Andy, and uh, uh, have a good draft or a couple of drafts. I, I'm sure you're still in a couple of leagues, right? You've got a couple of drafts to go, right? I still have several drafts to go, yeah. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck. You. Good luck with all that. Uh, time to wrap it up. Brian, my normal co-host, Brian Patterson, uh, he'll be back when we do the post-game show, the Cowboys. Boy, that's already... We're already there. It's it's tomorrow. Uh, next show is on Thursday night. Don't forget, he's got you covered on HouseOfHouston.com, a fan site affiliate, my Houston Sports Talk podcast. Uh, easy to find on iTunes, the Google Podcasts, and most anywhere you listen to your podcast. Bob Ballou, our Texas Longhorns expert, joins us this week, as well as me and RG. Kind of look, look a little bit of the Astros and see what's going on with them and where they're at at this point in the season. That's all we got for this Locked On Texans, though. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh,